Let's go. All right. Welcome back, everybody, to Bingetown TV and our coverage of HBO Succession. It's Monday. So last night was episode five, The Kill List. So we really get Matson back, which was a, a very welcome change. I thought he killed it this episode. But before, as always, we get into the juicy, juicy succession, Waystar, Royco, Roy Adventure, uh, just very quick housekeeping business. Obviously, we are Binge Town TV. If this is your first time listening or if you're still trying to kind of test running us out, I would recommend when you make your decision that you do like us because that's the decision you'll make uh, <laughs> that you subscribe on whenever you are listening on, whether you're watching our beautiful faces on YouTube or you're just listening to our beautiful voices on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, whatever the hell, every other podcast little thing that we're on. And then second note is going to be we have a separate feed that's just Succession. So it's Succession, a Bingetown TV podcast. If you're listening on that, then I highly recommend going to our main feed, which is just Bingetown TV, and you'll see all of the episodes that we cover. And the best way to see all those episodes better organized probably than your podcast app is going to give you is going to be BingetownTV.com, newly renovated by the wonderful James, has tabs at the top that basically will bring you to all of our shows individually, which is much better than just mindlessly scrolling through our entire catalog. Okay. Now that that's out of the way, let's get into the fun stuff, which is talking about the episode itself. So like I said, episode five, the kill list. And as we have done on these episodes, we don't really like to lollygag. So we'll jump right in. I am doing the executive summary of this episode. So I... <clears throat> I'll begin, as always, by thanking everyone for coming. I appreciate the attention and the attendance. So, episode five, the CE bros and their teams prepare for the trip to Norway with a quick meeting, only to be briefly interrupted by mom and dad and a new invitation from Matson that includes the whole squad. On board the plane, Frank and Carl slap on some compression socks, <laughs> Roman and Kendall death wrestle ogres, aka read documents, and Carolina and Jerry set the stage for the battle to come. Logan's Wolves versus Matson's team of soft-ass Europeans. The Waystar crew arrives at Chairman Matson's re-education camp, and the initial skirmish at brunch goes brutally as Hugo blabs about his dynamic metabolism, and Tom <laughs> fails to impress with his tree metaphor. On the mountaintop, the seed bros get dominated by Matson's unpredictability, condescending tone, and new offer that requires Daddy's crown jewel, ATN, to be folded back in. Round two goes just as poorly for Team Waystar, despite Greg's new intel on the kill list and Matson's bean pull. Greg himself kicks off the disaster class by trying to one-up Tom with the economist's take on France, but instead has to be bailed out by the newly formed quad squad and gets compared to Europe's most infamous incestual family, the Habsburgs, on the way out. Excuse me as my computer rests up everything that I was just looking at. Where was I? Okay. Negotiation part two, Electric Boogaloo, impromptly begins as Kendall can't take a joke, and it goes so poorly that Kermit Kendall, face lit by fire and a villainous smile, recruits Romy into a new plan to tank the deal. The party concludes with Matson and Shiv discussing how many bricks of blood is too many bricks of blood to send to an ex-lover, and an acknowledgement that the three ladies of Waystar have got the goods. Shiv starts the next day with some verbal sparring with Tom, while the Sea Bros ascend the gondola once again, but with new plans. The Scooby-Doo plan is quickly exposed, and Roman's righteous rage is finally released onto Matson as Matson pisses, with Roman vowing to ruin the deal no matter what, because fuck you, I hate you. Matson's <laughs> promise to go around the two quickly comes to fruition as Frank reports on a new offer that is simply too good to turn down. The good news and the kill list reveal result in champagne celebrations for most of the team, while Shiv sends Matson a Snapchat memorializing her brother's defeat. 
And wow. that is episode five. That was good. That was a, that felt like a lot of like alliteration and like good I was words. <laughs> I, <laughs> I was had a lot of good it. words in it, Kyle. <laughs> felt like good words. <laughs> <laughs> my um, I guess like my iCloud is so full of data. It's so full. That sounded like a, the worst, weirdest humble brag ever. It's just full because I don't pay for extra space, I guess. <laughs> so it always like bucks up my notes app. And I was like, holy shit, I got lost in the middle of that. But it looked like yeah. Carrie doing doing her little ATN audition. Yeah, if you could see the whole thing, my arms were flailing around under here. But thankfully, I kept them out of the shot. <laughs> okay, It's all about so the we arms can, we learned. <laughs> we can move on from the executive summary and go right into our favorite moments. So I, I obviously just talked a ton so I can pass it to. to I'm being it. tapped more, more arms behind the scenes. Favorite moment, um, which veers into quote territory is Greg talking up the new squad, the quad. And then when he says the family, and Shiv's like the fuck. And I just, it just <laughs> was, was so, so perfect. Good. Shiv was kind of on fire. I feel last episode with like the zingers, but. That was my favorite moment. Yeah, that was good. Greg maybe was a little better this episode for for me. I don't know. Greg is just, I don't, flop town still. But for me, the moment was Roman and Kendall uh, deciding the tank to deal. I think in general, for a lot of things, I'm like, what do Kendall and Roman actually want? So in this sense, it was nice to, to have them actually talk through it and even Roman says at one point, like, we are selling. Are we winning or losing? I can't tell. And it's nice for them to actually talk about it. It's a good brother moment, even though at that point, I also like when when Kendall says, can Pinky dance? Because the whole episode, Roman was really the one looping Shiv in, like, a lot. It was really heartwarming, honestly. He just kept wanting to loop Shiv in. Kendall could take it or leave it. But I liked that when Kendall said, can Pinky dance? Roman was like, well, no, but... <laughs> and I really liked that scene, even though, I mean, they end up tanking it anyway. Like, they... Did they tank it? I'm not sure. I mean, they got an amazing deal out of it. They don't want to sell to him, but... Either way, I thought it was a really good scene and it turned the episode, right? I We kind of expected that that was what was yeah. going to happen, that Kendall was going to get a little taste of being on top. It was 24 fucking hours and he's like, let's tank what everyone's worked so hard for. They say it themselves, six months of a deal. You killed my dad. It was six months. Let's fucking tank it. <laughs> like, it's wild, but it was still a good Well, moment. you asked too. Yeah. Well, you remember like, when you it, asked when you were like, "Do we think Kendall's going to tank it?" Yeah, and we were like, "Yeah, we all agreed. Like he's totally going to be the one to tank it," which is really funny. Right, okay, and everyone so, expects them to fuck it up, but not in an, in a, such an intentional way. I feel, yeah. yeah, you know, this this episode was interesting because we always joke about how, like, obviously everyone on the show is a bad person, and like we quote unquote like them as characters, but. I, our squad was getting bodied around like in every interaction like i don't want to say like them losing in the negotiations is like a favorite moment so to more a more positive spin i think i love the scene of the the non-roys on the plane on the way there just like strategizing because i mean carolina carolina jesus got like a lot more spotlight i felt like in this episode at times and i just love jerry's like speech after they're all like worrying because like hugo's saying about how what the guy's like an ex-winner olympian and then the one guy who was from um kaleidoscope like the two guys that are in it they were in oh. born the floor and in this episode the guy the one guy is oh. the guy who like puts his phone down and calls them like brutal motherfuckers 
is in Kaleidoscope. He's the guy that gets fired. He gets framed. I guess that's a spoiler, but whatever. But I just liked them all going and they're like, they're kind of worried. And then Jerry steps up and is like, fuck these motherfuckers. <laughs> like These soft ass Europeans, you know, they're drunk on fucking vacation time. Like they don't know what it's like to be these wolves that that Logan raised. And I thought that was funny, especially looking back now, too, because they all got literally bodied in every interaction. But it was funny that Jerry gives them that pump up speech. Yeah. My honorable mention there was going to be and I was almost going to do it with my quote as well is and i don't want to take anyone's quote but i'm gonna be mad like because you already that jerry quote was my quote so i have a second quote oh, fuck. okay i will stop i will just stop it's not worth it it's not worth it i'll do it at the end of the quotes how about that if we don't get to it okay you go then okay so i'm i won't say the jerry quote but i do love her calling logan a pathogen it's amazing but my quote is shiv and she says, let's just keep one of his old sweaters less racist on whether or not to keep ATN. And it's just <laughs> perfectly delivered and correct. Just in general, I was like, do we want ATN? Who cares? Why do we care about ATN? Remind me, please. Only because Logan wanted it. So it was nice that when they asked Shiv, she was just like, who the fuck cares? Like, get rid of it. Whatever. A great question, because especially with the sweater, because I was seen online. I don't catch this. I don't think I'm smart enough in the moment to do so. But Roman was like dressing like Logan and might have been wearing like a sweater kind of looked Logan-ish is what I saw online. Who knows? But that's a good point, though, because Roman obviously has the like the daddy connection. But Kendall, I don't know why Kendall wants ATN so bad. I think he just wants to big dick matson like you can just see him like getting there and he's like let's put him on the table and Matson's like god no small talk you don't know how to fucking do anything and frank's trying to coach him to tell a joke it's just he's so aggro and i think i think it's more for him like the little evil kermit dark kermit kendall that's a great um and roman yeah a lot of what i was seeing and a lot of what i feel is he just wants to do right by dad it's like dad you know and it's like Okay, we get it, but what the Yeah. And for us it's like, okay, it's been fucking two weeks, like let's get over it. But I guess in universe it's been two days. When Madsen gave the new number, meaning the one eighty seven number, and we were at one forty four without ATN, I was like holding my breath. I'm like, was that a good offer? Like how am I how do I know how many points more should ATN be in addition to Waystar? You know, I, I was truly like waiting for them to cue me in because I'm like, let me know because I have no idea what kind of offer that was. In retrospect, yeah, I was like, exactly. wow, 187 billion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah that's what I first thought too. I, I was said, like, holy per shit. share girl. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I'm not the math person in this house, obviously. No. Jesus. I was like, wow. Yeah, I was thinking about it, and I was 10. trying to think of like, yeah, what companies in the world would even be worth that? That's so funny. I mean, you got I figured point. pay a lot of people out, so it didn't seem that far-fetched. I don't yeah. know. I don't All right, know shares so and stonks. I, don't. I, uh, I can go next. So my quote is going to be a lighthearted quote, which I think might have longer implications, hopefully for two characters that we love. So Shiv and Tom getting in their little spat and Tom's comeback of just your earlobes are thick and chewy like barnacle meat. <laughs> it's just like, he like flicks her fuck? ear, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just so ridiculous. Like she's like, your shoes are stupid or whatever. Then he's like, your ears are thick and chewy. <laughs> That's when so good. she starts kicking dirt on his shoes, I'm like, these two are unhinged. They don't even know how to talk oh, to yeah. each other anymore. <laughs> no, it's so good. Did they have? <laughs> no. 
No, um, that's a great point. That's just was so fun. There was a lot of good quotes in this episode, but that one for me was just like, holy fuck, that is so funny. That's an all-time Tom line. I uh, had a related Tom and Siobhan one where Oscar was just like, oh, Tom, Tom of Shaban. Like he was oh, like, yeah. that's not of like ATN or anything. Like so that's, good. it just is again, such a good read. Um, And then my, uh, my number one quote I have was Connor, who's not, he's rarely seen, but largely yeah. heard on this episode. And he's like, I had to cancel on a room of middle-class whites in Cleveland. Like, just, <laughs> I tried so hard to work him into the executive summary and I just couldn't make the flow work because the scene was like so unrelated. It felt like, and I was like, ah, I'm not going to have to leave my boy out. I do love when Will is like, don't let them make fun of you. It was yes. really cute. It was yeah, good. That was really good. That was really good. A backup one I had is again at the brunch, which is, I guess happens probably right before that line to tom is hugo with the huge plate because they sabotage him and put their food onto his plate and then he's like i metabolize quickly because i'm dynamic and then he fucking basically shits on the guy for not getting a bronze medal and then turns to whoever and goes guy's a dick <laughs> i thought that was so funny the delivery was so good the way he said guy's a dick <laughs> yeah this episode afterwards alex can can vouch for me i sat up and was like that pumped me up i was like that felt like one of the best episodes i've seen in a while it was so fast the writers wrote the hell out of this script we're in this beautiful location again which i love it always heightens the episodes and mattson was such a good he's like our new villain but he's so good he's so powerful like we're watching um true blood right now and he's a main character in that and we've just got Done. Yes, okay. We just got done watching an episode of season seven, which he's in, and I'm like, it's he's just like feeling. I watched him last night. I watched him this morning. I watched him today. It's great, and um, I loved watching him absolutely big dick our boys make every one of the ways our people look stupid, and then seemingly like be vulnerable in front of Shiv only to get her favor. He's not actually like yeah. he was just trying to make her be on his side so he can use her, I assume, even though it was a good episode for Shiv, even though I think he was playing her a little bit. I do think that as far as Shiv episodes go in season four, this was a good one for her because she's been really devolving. And I think this was good. And I think we can decide right now on this podcast, was Shiv drinking? Or doing blow? (laughs) I would say I don't think she did blow. How about that? I think she was just putting know, it up to her honest. lips, like maybe some, like just to, for show. But I think you're right. Because until Alex was like, she's pregnant. I was like, oh, what is she doing? I don't think we think Chip was drinking, but <laughs> I had a moment drinking. of pause and it made you think, wait, what? Well, I just forgot she was pregnant in yeah. general. Yeah. And at risk of of saying something that I just said, because we're having some technical difficulties, I was quite blindsided by the blood brick and not really focusing on whether she was actually drinking or not. I was just considering the level of insanity that Madsen's working with over there on the couch. He's really out there, huh? I I think it's part fucking with people and then part he's a bit of a mess, too. And like, how does that actually play in somewhere like America is a valid thing i think for shiv to say and i and uh, for me if we're talking stocks and shiv i think this is the best she's looked in a while he could easily play her right 
obviously I think he's playing everyone to some level. He was Logan as well, but I think he sees more Logan in her. Uh, he even said so basically. And I think she's not aware of what her brothers are doing. So she's not overtly trying to fuck them. I don't think. And yeah. I think it could net out. Okay. For her. <laughs> Just we'll have to see. I mean, she may have to endure some blood bricks, but what yeah, does she actually, care? That's a good point too about her. I mean, I don't know. I feel like, does she know that they were actually trying to tank the deal? I feel Not like to the degree they were. You yeah, know. That's true. I mean, she's always had, does have her finger on the pulse of like the news stuff. Like she brought up the Kendall feeding the, the news anti Logan stuff low key kind of somewhat confronted him about him. Not actually, but a little bit. And I feel like one of the things Matson said that he knew they were trying to take the deal was the negative press that was coming out. And I feel like she would have known about that. And I feel like she, that's, that's I guess, the tough thing about the show. And like we, I had sent that text message and we kind of agreed of there's so much reading into like sarcasm and, and people lying and just looks that like you're trying to understand what they're thinking and what they actually feel about certain things. So the look that she gave, at the end of the episode felt like mm. she knew she was getting one up on yeah, like the a knowing a knowing glance yeah yeah exactly i think she's happy to be in right if they're not going to keep her all the way in whether they're tanking a deal or yeah. not she's always going to have an iron in, in a few fires i think because she's the least trusting of of that of the ce bros and i don't blame her i think yeah no not at all you know it's interesting on the atn front as well they said that Shiv, again, finger on the pulse, is like, Mencken has a line straight to ATN, like, that's not okay. And the boys are like, "Mm, yeah, yeah, we'll figure it out later type of deal. But that is bad. And a lot of this stuff is like, the business of it all goes right over my head. And I mean, Shiv later does say, like, we're getting rid of Sid. She's fucking up. And in a surprise twist, Tom thinks when she's talking about shakeups, he's going to, she's going to talk about him. But even in the even in the tanking of it all, Matson sees right through the boys. The boys couldn't get a single. They talk a strategy. They're like, we gotta make sure that he thinks it's his idea. We gotta we gotta be sneaky. We gotta make him walk away. And he's like, you Scooby doing ass bitches. What's yeah. going on? The Hanna Barbera School for yeah, Business. Like- exactly. That's just. <laughs> I, although I will say with Matson. I feel like compared to Kendall and Roman, he obviously comes across like he's just like dominating them completely in all of the conversations and such. But I just saw some interesting comparisons online of he is acting kind of the same way that Kendall was acting in season one with the Valter deal of like, it just gets to a point where he's like, I'm just going to say a number so big that you literally cannot say no to it. And I mean, we kind of know that ATN is a little bit of a, I, I mean, I guess we don't know whether like the, the health of it as a business kind of thing, but I mean, they do make like you, we brought up, but you just said Alex of the whole, like Matson's fit within us media. And I don't think I would be so shocked if the deal turns out negative for him at all. You know what I mean? Like the way that Walter kind of just blew up. It doesn't see. I mean, like I, I again, like Kathleen said, the business stuff kind of goes over my head a lot. But like, are they still in a ton of debt, or did Stewie? No, because Stewie and Sandy, them, I, right? Yeah, okay, they bought it up or whatever. I think I think ATN. They keep saying it's like the only profitable thing, sort of, yeah. or it is like the least overhead, like best bang for your buck, is seemingly. And Although, obviously, the political aspect of having kind of a say 
and steering it. Yeah. Although we did get that math lesson, right? In episode one or two of it. It's 40 more than 15 pounds. <laughs> so, good head for numbers. Yes. That um, was a good impression. <laughs> thank that you. was good. And what so Roman say in that episode original. to Nan Pierce, he was throwing around it some. after nine. Oh nine B? Yeah. <laughs> we got a lot of math lessons. <laughs> yeah. So, but I, I don't think that there's any goal. I, I don't think the goal was going to be to show that Matson is like a great businessman. I think it could very well be that like this is also a bad business deal for him. And it's kind of the idea that they're all just fucking assholes. He started seeming like overly eager about it to me. Something was like he was going like kind of Logan, like, I need this to go like when Logan was like that with Pierce back before the the Stewie and Sandys of it all. He seemed a little like intense, like this needs to happen. Like I need this to happen. So yeah, I wonder what that means. What has he been what has he been up to that this has to happen for him? That and this is something we brought up last night. Kyle, do the CE bros and Shiv need this deal to go through in order to buy Pierce? That's so can funny. they buy Pierce with that? And and aren't they on the hook for Pierce, or do they just say, never mind, can't pay for it? Sorry. Yeah. I, it feels yeah, like I mean, a, something they already charged on their credit card and they have to figure it out. <laughs> no, I think they started probably terms and stuff, but and finding other backers is what it seemed like that guy. I forget his name already. Who was kind yeah, of helped short-lived. their strategist? Who was oh short-lived. yeah, I, I know, I know what something? he looks like, but I don't remember what his uh, name was. Yeah, but, yeah, but I, I, I guess I could easily see like them in the moment, not even considering the Pierce aspect of it when they're like, "We're going to tank the deal." Well, yeah, but I also think they wanted, they needed ATN to bring Pierce and kind of mm. steal their dad's vision was the sort of whole thing, uh, and so I think. Either way, it's kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't. So I yeah. think Shiv wants Pierce the most. Yeah, she so wants to get the fuck cares. away from Fox she Media. She cares lines. about yeah, getting into that like lane of news quality. I feel like Kendall wanted Pierce because it was anti Logan, and Roman kind of got dragged along. Yeah. So yeah, that's actually a good aspect. I wonder what will happen now. While we're talking idea, Shiv, let's just finish out with like Shiv and Tom in general. Yeah. So wait, Shiv. Do we think socks are up or down? Because she's been a steady decline, I I think, yeah. for the first four episodes. I think nowhere but up at this point. I would say it feels up. She also runs that same line with Kendall almost where in last episode when he gets the CEO, it was like, okay, on the face, what a boon. Like, we're out here. But, you know, real Kendall fans know that that's actually probably the most <laughs> dangerous position for him to be in. Yeah. And I feel like an overly confident Shiv it's just a recipe for disaster because like is she actually in the position she thinks she's in or is there a lot more strings attached to where she's at and how she got there yeah she's in the good spot of finding her groove getting let in and she shines there but the second it feels something's promised or she gets too comfy it's gonna get ugly again probably yeah this feels like the first episode they weren't openly humiliating her for some reason like it Maybe it was just because of that fall last episode was so brutal. I don't think she was being cringy or humiliating the previous episodes, but there's a lot of things that were making me go, oh, but 
But this was the first episode where at least she was like grooving. Like Alex said, she had some good one liners. Um, hopefully she wasn't drinking. I really don't think she was. No, I think think she had to pretend, right? No one's supposed to know. Yeah, but she was like bricked up after that conversation with Mattson enough to be like, let's get dinner, Tom. Let's see what this is about again. (laughs) That's also true thinking of when you, if you could watch a cut of the episode that was just Mattson interactions with the boys followed by all Mattson interactions with Shiv, like Shiv would come out like a superstar because she can handle his weirdness and like the eccentricity i guess is is the word i could potentially be looking for in that like like he says she can take a joke she can punch back well she understands kind of how maneuver in that conversation like kendall and roman like could not like almost get out from under their own feet in like starting the conversation and responding to anything like it was it was honestly a mess i think he brings like an entirely different energy to the shiv combos like i think that's i'm just gonna go on a limb and say he probably treats women differently and i don't mean in a disrespectful way but i think he doesn't feel a threat he doesn't feel like he has the big dick i think he underestimates them right because then shiv's giving like jerry and carolina cosigns and he doesn't question it his his girl who i'm already forgetting ebba like he's doing crazy things like i think it's sort of that logan mentality of like women are a bit of a weakness or a blind spot where you underestimate them and let them close and maybe they can play you after all so i think we'll see i mean his two things were when shiv walks up he's like can should i hug you or is this gonna be a lawsuit or whatever and then he calls ebba an estrogen uh, air freshener, air freshener. And, and she's like yeah if they ever fire me they're done i have receipts yeah. and she, receipts in gallons and liters of blood and blood <laughs> yeah. so i guess yeah. that that's a good question that i have is so obviously carolina is our superstar head of comms and ebba is his head of comms but carolina wasn't on the kill list presumably because shiv talks positively about her in that interaction at night obviously it's just an assumption like jumping to that maybe Eva was fired but do you think that he fired Eva? no to me it's like who are they going to keep on four-way star atn you know i don't think that everyone who's working at his current company gojo is going to now just take on extra accounts they could move over and maybe transfer and do different things, but I think they still need some people to run. But yeah. I think Matson's probably like, I mean, look at all these, like the nepotism conversations yeah. they were having. He was like, Jesus Christ. I saw a TikTok of the translation of what, how, what they were talking about in Swedish. And it was basically just like, Jesus Christ. Like they, there's a thousand of them and they're suckers. You know, I, I don't know the <laughs> translation. I only watched it once, but it was just more of the same. So I think that it's just, Keep the Compton people, but like they said, the last company they acquired, 10% retention, probably the same type of deal. Only yeah. the legitimate people, because someone like Madsen would rather start fresh because he's not Logan and those people are just, you know, cousins and stuff. Yeah, I think yeah. on any merger acquisition, you keep on a lot of people for the beginning to help understand what the fuck is going on at the part shop before you yeah, start, you know, making shop. cuts. So <laughs> Ooh, when when he calls Kendall and Roman the tribute band, that was I great. that was a 10 out of 10 insult because, man, are they not a tri- yeah, tribute band? Ha- whoever insult. wrote that line. Yeah. yeah, that is the insult for them. It's like beautiful. Yeah. Tie yourself in the back. It's funny. They're, he just is like 
he just comes to the table ready to piss those two off and he knows oh, yeah. exactly it's how cool. i mean roman is very easy especially because i think his grief is coming out that way and he's so sensitive he's like roman's revenge that's the, that's the like yeah. thing he's on but he doesn't even say anything mean about logan to shiv so he knows how to like yeah that's a great these point people, he, honestly, absolutely again as a way to compliment shiv yeah so it's very interesting to see that as well. Meanwhile, he just absolutely shits on his whole legacy on top yeah. of the mountain and pisses on it too. I mean, so what do we think about the day? I guess very quickly before it sounds like we're, we can move on to the Steve bros, the other heavy hitters of the episode, but shit and Tom dinner. I can't wait to see it. I mean, yeah. Tom didn't say yes. Tom was yeah. like, well, um, and of course she took a call in the middle of it, but I'm excited to see it. I, I don't know where it's going. I think Shiv stock up, Tom stock down. He's know. not Sid's, on the kill list, but he's on the kill list. Sid's on the out. They, Roman, they did admit that he's doing well running ATN. They were just going to fire him if Shiv wanted to, and she said no to that. So Tom's. Yeah, I guess just for the episode, I mean, him being so cringy to Madsen is what comes to the forefront of my mind. Oh, yeah. And but I guess you're right. I guess he is. So he's safe. It's stable. Stable. It's tapered down since Logan died a little bit. Yeah. Shaky. Ah, I mean, I don't know. I feel like his relationship, if he actually is in love with Shiv, the signs are there for like it feels better than it did. Two episodes ago, three episodes ago, even last episode. So, Tommy boy, who can say? Endgame. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I'm in. You know, I'm in. We're all in. (laughs) All right. So, uh, we can move into just do Kendall and Roman kind of together. I love the combo of the two of them, but they're just so bad at doing their job. Like, they fumble their way into five extra points, and everyone is really <laughs> cheering them on at the end. Like, undeniable. 192 is undeniable. So <laughs> and good. they're like, fuck. Sure is. Sure is. <laughs> yeah. Like, one of the last scenes I watched before we caught up, we got on this was Kermit Kendall kind of convincing Roman. And he's like, it's fucking feel the force time. Like, we gotta. Then it's just like a bunch of nonsense phrases about, like, them and the future of the company and it's like these he is such an idiot most of the time it's like so crazy like you said uh earlier alex you don't know what they want like even mattson says like you just tell me what you guys want you guys don't have any idea like what you want so how can we have a negotiation they're just so bad at it and the fact that they're like it took kendall getting upset to be like you know we're good at this shit like we should just do it forever like it should be the two of us and it's like oh my god fellas 24 hours since they've been appointed. <laughs> yes. Like, literally nothing has changed. Burn bright, don't fade away. Kendall's, <laughs> motto. Kendall's motto. Literally, yeah. Kendall did the smear campaign against his dad. Shiv brought it up. And he kind of said, you go, like, go get rat fucker Sam and whatever. But it was him, obviously. I think the word, that's not the end of that. I think that may come back. If it doesn't, I'd be shocked. They made it seem like that was going to be a big yeah. thing. Um, but in general, in the first scene, when Kendall co- walks into that, J- like from the Jay-Z song and he goes in, he gets the applause, he yeah. goes in and him and Roman do a handshake, dap each other up and they talk. I'm like, these two look legit. Yeah. I was in. I'm like, they can run a company. And then they slowly kind of devolve. But it was a joy to watch them, even if they were fucking up. They're like my two favorite fuck ups in the world, especially when they're in it together. Like when Roman starts losing it on Matson and Kendall just kind of lets it happen. And then later he's like, 
It could play, man. It could play. It could <laughs> no, play. But we want it. <laughs> it could play. I love they, that. They come from such different angles of it, but end up on the same fucked up wavelength about yeah. like this. Definitely operating from ego and or emotion, I feel, is like the whole thing. Roman more emotion. Kendall more like ego in his dark Kermit. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's- For sure. I, I felt, too, I guess, in the original negotiation and then the one that happens outside, that's fairly impromptu. It felt like that Roman was almost like letting Kendall like take all of the hits. I felt like Matson was talking directly to Kendall about all the negative things and he wasn't doing so towards Roman. But then I guess at the end of the episode, when Roman finally blows up, it kind of is like Roman is there just absorbing all of it and getting more and more and more and more upset until he finally loses it himself. Because when it's like outside and they're talking about like the tribute band and the talking about like the brand's terrible and it's a part shop and stuff and Kendall's getting pissed and then Shiv is someone that actually chimes up and kind of steps in and somewhat not diffuses it but takes a little bit of the weight off of Kendall having to respond to every single comment mm-hmm. and that kind of struck me until Roman blows up and I was like ah okay that's our Roman like the, like you said a little bit sensitive emotional just kind of was letting it build up build up build up until he blew up I mean Roman was saying what we're all thinking that episode three was really emotional but their relationship is so fucked up. I think we're kind of already forgetting that literally two or three days ago, their dad died. And when he says, you couldn't wait a few extra days, you couldn't wait a week, like you had to fucking do it now. Yeah. I, I To be honest, I had forgotten because I was just so hyped to be here. Yeah, and then I'm like, yeah, fuck this guy for doing that. Like he does it on purpose. It was calculated. I don't blame Roman for blowing up. And when he says, I fucking hate you, and Lucas is like, you just fucked yourself. Like, there, it was an acting class. Like, yeah. Kieran Culkin, it's confirmed he is going to be Emmy nommed as a, or he's going to attempt. He's definitely going to be nominated. Um, but for your consideration as lead actor, which is well earned. I mean, him yeah. and Kendall are both, they're lead actors. They they don't, yeah. they're not supporting actors. They are the lead. So I'm just so like happy for Kieran Culkin because he's excellent. And I think he's been so excellent this season. But that scene was phenomenal. And then I was really shocked by Lucas just being like, okay, then 192. I mean, good for him. That is the ultimate big dick energy move to be like, I thought when he said you're fucked, I didn't think he was going to tank it. But I thought Lucas was going to really do something bad i think there's still plenty of time i think when roman was like we're never gonna sell to you he's like yeah now watch i mean he might do what kendall did to Walter and just fucking turn it inside out and run it over with a truck you know i mean do we did do we watch previews i didn't obviously but i didn't oh yeah we did last night we did i'm just i'm just curious if i obviously a very easy low-hanging fruit storyline is them trying to maneuver to still kill the deal even though it's would be essentially illegal and a terrible idea, but I could easily see them. I, I just don't see them accepting defeat so easily. I cannot remember this fucking preview. I want to say it's alluding to it being his funeral. Finally, like some event was being figured out. Some I'm excited for that uh, right now. I think um, two episodes from now is going to be like the election stuff. Probably. I think the episode's called America Decides. <laughs> and it is confirmed, Tyler, um, friend of the pod, Tyler has been texting me as he listens. It's confirmed that every episode is one day. So the span of okay. this is yeah. only a week and a half, which is crazy. What a week yeah. and a half for the for the fam. So the, the shift baby thing is just going to be as like a 
a dramaturgical device to <laughs> a, about him and her and Tom's relationship. Like we won't actually get the child. I can't wait till she tells Tom though. That's yeah. gonna be a good ass scene. Tom's gonna his head's gonna fall off. He's gonna be oh, so yeah. excited to be a dad. Yeah. It's gonna okay. That's a good one. Yeah, I can't wait for that. Anything else on Ken and Rome? Where Just do we up think or down? Yeah. Oh, it's so tough. I, I like they have so much more money now, and they have reputationally they've quote unquote secured this deal despite their best efforts to not do so. So it's kind of like the arrows pointing up in terms of like how they look on the outside. But I feel like inside their arrows are so down. Yes, so correct. Yeah, they're, they're a tough evil, I think. But where's the money coming, baby? On the outside. Let's yeah, go. Yeah, that's true. That's true. We'll <laughs> As a see. Kendall girl, I got the money. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I guess, yeah, if this was like an actual market, like we would see them getting all that money. I'm sure our individual shares would go way up i was just gonna pivot it to jerry um just because i thought she had a great episode she didn't like humiliate herself like everyone else did and just the henchmen in general like being so like wanting to help and the kids not taking any of their help and then at the end when they're talking through the kill list and frank's like well it's all speculation and carl's like whatever carl says he's like let the party roll or whatever the let the good times roll yeah let the party roll that's what people say let the party roll uh (laughs) but it was so good like i love those three i love when they said mom and dad food in the fridge like i I, they're perfect who needs logan when you've got those parents it's so good but i think jerry stock is up i just wanted to say that because i feel like jerry stock was trending down when logan was alive and now it's it's way up one one little one little endorsement from Shiv, and she is, uh, she's all up. So I'm good. And yeah. Carolina, up, well, up I feel like Carolina and Jerry, objectively, when you hear that the transition of the company is going to be one towards a meritocracy, I feel like automatically that puts Carolina and Jerry on a higher pedestal because they're like pretty much the only two. It feels like that have been shown to be genuinely competent at their job consistently. Yep. So, oh, and but, Jess. Jess is back. Yes. Yes, Jess that is back was going and getting... to be my uh, my my quote was going to be the great job, guys. When she like they all have like the big moment, and then it's like way more personal that she like waits for it to die down, and then she turns and is like, "Great job, guys!" Like she felt that like that was such a nice moment, especially for us who we've been begging for Jess to come back. So that one like made me smile ear to ear. And she helped get the kill list right with Greg. True. I feel mm-hmm. like they're doing some detective work, some Nancy Drew. it just makes me laugh because again kendall's like i need like a 500 foot screen and all uh the the the, just the raw footage (laughs) yeah and she makes a cut yep she She sure does everyone watching it and falling asleep is so funny and it was interesting because i feel like this is the first time we're actually besides thinking about parks like the sexual assault at the parks this is the first time we're getting actual like content of what they do like the news and whatever but this feels like out of left field the movies like we knew they did movies but this is like maybe the first time they actually mentioned details of this big blockbuster they have coming out besides the turkey one that roman yeah, didn't, that roman didn't right do. <laughs> that, <laughs> that was a great hates. story line. yeah true yeah, but it, it felt new left. yeah yeah no that's true i mean it's just nice i guess it's them actually being involved in the company they have to actually know what the fuck is going yeah, on where yeah. like Ten hundreds of millions of dollars are going in reshoots. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. I just I I love the shot of Carl and Frank to continue with the kind of henchmen of Carl and Frank outside the sauna, just you know 
legs crossed, knowing that golden parachute's coming, just like, you know, and they even have a line where it's like, they're talking to the people in the song, and they're like, they're in there in the window, like, fucking peeking duck. I would have <laughs> bet money so that would have been your quote. It was, it, I love me some fucking Carl, and I really thought about it, but I had to go Jerry, because Jerry's was like, yeah, pump me up. It was good. It was, it was a battle good. cry. I, really, this whole episode pumped me up. In a time where it was hard to pump me up, I was like, let's fucking go. It felt that it was so dialogue heavy. And I really love when the writers are just in their bag writing an excellent. And that that setting, I can't say it enough. Like that location. Gorgeous. And and Madsen's on top being like, whatever the fuck. Like, who who cares about this? Whatever. (laughs) This guy is sick. Do you ever ever seen the movie Ex Machina? I saw a TikTok saying it was in the same house, yeah, right? Yeah, it's the same house, yeah. That's a house? I thought it was like a ski resort. Either way, it's epic, one of the One know? of the buildings on the compound was in the Ooh. movie Ex Machina. Yeah. This is a better way to say. <laughs> yeah, I just was going to say it was like a return to form, like opening up with Kendall going to work and blasting so the old school hip hop and then the amazing location that we'll never see in our entire fucking lives off of a screen. Like it just yeah. felt... It, like very much paying homage to the whole vibe of the show. Yeah. I also really like the audacity to have them have to come all the way to the top of the mountain, that slow-mo oh, yeah. ski lift thing to it's get like them up top. 101. Yep. The, the intimidation factor, like you're coming up to me. We're in this like isolated location at the top of the mountain. Like it's, it's phenomenal. Your dad's on ice, <laughs> like just yeah, like layering the fucks he can't give and like the hurdles they have to go through just for him to literally spit in their face some more. It's it's he's a master at it. It makes you so mad that it's like this guy has this much money. This one guy, this douchebag who who is honestly depressed. He's not happy. Yeah, he has he's a lot just, of his own issues. He really does. I mean. Think about in previous, like in the first episode, we meet him at Kendall's birthday party. He is like, down, the only thing that makes him happy is peeing on Roman's phone. That's so the funny. only thing that can make him <laughs> smile. Everything's boring to him, you know? Same with yeah. Logan. It's like you lose the plot on life when you're that rich and you think you've seen it all or experienced it all or that you could. So it doesn't even interest you at that point. It's, yeah, he's just another, he's another Logan in that way. The fact of him being on a mountain does nothing for him is insane. That place is incredible. They're yeah. so lucky they get to shoot there. No matter, no wonder they're all crying <laughs> yeah, so much. True. Miss each other, miss the locations, miss the experiences. Like this show has taken the, taken them to so many cool places. You're getting billionaire experiences while getting paid to film and do like a career that most people would like kill for. You know? Yeah, yeah I'm so yeah. sad. This. Is ending. We got some time. We got some time. Yeah, we do. Have, we do. half a season. I have two parting shots. So my first parting shot is going to be that if this is the beginning of the end for Hugo, what a fucking Hugo episode! This was <laughs> Loki, like almost his episode. He was so good in this episode when he's talking to the guy and he's like, "I heard he like had a shot at their place to end up fourth. Like he's a choker, he's a choker." Like he was, like, he had so much personality in this episode. It was great. So he's obviously on the kill list. So we'll see how uh, how he sticks around if they're able to. Because I don't like that none of them have any allegiance to him. So he's kind of just no. dust floating in the wind at this point. All he has to hang his hat on is that super fast metabolism. And then <laughs> number two is that scene with Greg 
and bringing up The Economist, I think is the number one cringiest scene of the entire show. I literally did not watch it on my second watch. I skipped through it. I could not get It's just he does something to me now. And that scene was horrific. I said to Alex, I really thought Greg was about to pull out some genius when he started talking because Tom was flopping. And I thought Greg actually was going to know something about something. And Matt was going to be like, huh. But nope, double flop, really oh. belly flopped all around town. Bad stuff. Well, can we reflect on how they were literally like, will France make it? Like, that's such yeah, a fucking yeah. jab at a whole country. <laughs> and it's just such a douchey thing to be talking about. Like, if I yeah. walked up to a conversation and they're like, will France make it? I'd be like, Go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I did okay. read it. And I feel like, again, a part of the beauty of the show is that. Uh, like it's really open to interpretation. Obviously, you can read into thoughts, words, looks, however you want. And I saw a lot of talk about Tom like doing well in that, like showing like the mindset that he has, like doesn't care if France itself survives. It's more of like from the business perspective of U.S. media, which is what uh, Matson is buying at this retreat. There doesn't fucking matter what happens in France. Like the U.S. residents don't give a shit. Like it, that's kind of how it is. So yeah. I, I would have never thought about that myself. But playing up that he knows the audience and that just playing that like dumb American card that I feel like yeah. you know Tom likes to kind of endear himself to people by sort of beating them to the punch and and he did that well there as well. Yeah, there was actually the one when Greg I guess kind of fumbles through everything and. I almost poked my eyeballs out. Uh, they say, like, who are you? When they ask him who he is. And Greg's response is, therein lies a tale is genuinely <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's such a, that is a perfect Greg response. That's a great Greg line. He has been really bad lately, especially, yeah. but that line made me laugh out loud. <laughs> therein He's lies like, Greg Hirsch, Ori, Greg Ori Hirsch. <laughs> I know. I was like, what is Ori? And then Greg Ori. <laughs> oh, God. He is <laughs> that, so dumb. Those were peak Greg moments at the sprinkle with yeah. some of the hell. cringiest <laughs> hell. Yeah. The, the Norwegian wood line was pretty good as well. <laughs> He's such a cocksmack. We have to say, like, we can only hope that somewhere out there, Matson is out there listening to Bingetown TV with his headphones mm-hmm. on, getting absolutely fucked by some girl. Oh, yeah. And he's not actually paying attention. He's just listening to Bingetown TV. And for that, Mattson, we thank you. Yeah. What a absolutely terrific tidbit to end this episode on. And a a picture to leave in every listener's mind out there. And maybe an idea for every (laughs) listener out there. Who's to say? I'm not going to suggest or deny any of that. Uh, So that is what? Episode five. So we're officially halfway or over halfway, I guess, technically speaking. For season four of HBO's Succession, this episode was set at the kill list. It totally lived up to that name, the hype, everything. This was a fantastic episode of Succession. Hopefully, they're only going to get better from here on out. It's going to be hard to touch three, but I have high hopes for the uh, the rest of the season for sure. Uh, once again, as I said at the top of the hour, at the top of the episode, if you want to support us, best way is just subscribe. Whatever you're listening on, whatever you're watching on, just click that subscribe subscribe button wherever it is. And then go to BingetownTV.com for super easy access to all of our episodes if you're interested in other things we're doing. I mean, we're doing what Yellow Jackets season two has been fantastic, and our coverage of it has been equally fantastic. Uh, The Mandalorian season, what is it, three now? I'm not a Star Wars guy, so I'm tough. 
Okay, season three of The Mandalorian. We just actually put out, so The Last Kingdom, uh, Seven Kings Must Die, correct? Yeah, Must Die. Uh, just That movie just came out. We just recorded our episode on it. It's out on YouTube. And for your ears only, what's that, audio? That is what audio is. That would be audio, yeah. Yeah, that's audio. And uh, before I say something else stupid, I'm just going to wrap this episode up. So we are Binge Town <laughs> TV, and thank you for listening. And fuck off. And fuck the fuck <laughs> off. We did it. Somehow. Internet connection be damned. Yeah, that was good. We overcame. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.